Hello, people. Sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 16 of Rethinking Lost. As Scott Nelton sift through the pages of Lostpedia and share with you the information there about debunked theories and persistent rumors. Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of Rethinking Lost. I'm Elton McManus, and joining me as always is Scott Copperman. Hello, hello. Today, I think we're going to be going through a, a Wikipedia, or sorry, a, a Lostpedia entry about debunked theories. Yes. Now, when was this collated? Obviously, Wikipedia, or wikis in general, and and uh, Lostpedia in particular, are very fluid, dynamic kind of things, or... They're always updated. People can put things in and take them out, and some people, I guess, moderate on their own. Not everything is accurate. For example, we're not listed in the Lost Podcasters page, but that's okay. (laughs) That hint. But Lostpedia is reputed to be one of the better ones, so we will certainly treat it with some reverence today. I I think this has been a pretty dynamic thing. I I see updates in here very recently, you know, season five. And basically what they've done is they've gone through theories about the show, that have officially been refuted. Okay. And they talk about how it got refuted, why people believed it, all that kind of thing. And and there's going to be a little bit of overlap from our last episode, but uh, it, it, we're taking a slightly different tact on this here. The first theory on the list, obviously, it's alphabetical, is that the others or Dharma or other characters in the Lost story are aliens, or that the island itself is a giant spaceship. Ooh. Kind of with that is the idea that the statue was part of an alien civilization. Now, I'm not too sure how I'd feel if aliens suddenly landed on the island. I think from now, that'd be a little bit silly to actually put aliens in there. Right. It's understandable why people would have thought that. It was a science fiction-y kind of show. You didn't know whether they'd go magic, they'd go time travel, they'd bring in aliens. Something was obviously abnormal. Yeah. I like the paranormal stuff. That yeah. tends to be the, my favorite stuff about it, but I think aliens would be overstepping a mark, I think. Well, there was a point in an interview where Damon Lindelof specifically said, we certainly hinted psychic phenomena, happenstance, and things being a place where they probably shouldn't be. Nothing is flat-out impossible, but there are no spaceships, and there isn't any time travel. Now... Oh, shit! That's right. <laughs> so it's one of many instances where the producers have ended up contradicting themselves. Um, perhaps intentionally misdirecting, or, or maybe it was just an oversight. It is mentioned in the Lostpedia page that time travel has become an integral part of the show's mythology. So people think, well, maybe the whole thing is, is a scam. Maybe we're going to see a spaceship also come up. Do you think we're going to see the Indiana Anna Jones aliens at the very end of uh, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? I hope not. Have you seen that film? No, no. I still haven't seen the film, but I've seen little bits of you know, spoilers. Oh, there's aliens in Indiana Jones, which ruins everything. And it looks a little bit lame. And if they turned around and Jack was running after a spaceship, that would be a bit pony, in my opinion. Well, what's the difference if Jacob and the black shirt guy end up being kind of omnipotent metahumans or they're aliens? Whether they're gods or aliens? I don't think that would be too bad. Um, if it was... How do I put this? Close Encounter Aliens, I could more 
I could take it a little bit more. If it was the Indiana Jones aliens, I don't think I could take that as much. What do you mean? That they've been with us all along? The Close Encounter aliens just kind of pop in. It's not like they've always been there and always been among us. No, I suppose not. Mm. I don't know. I, I like the idea that maybe Jacob and the other guy could be other beings, possibly gods or... If you go to gods, then you might as well go to aliens as well. You might as well take that final yeah, little step. Yeah, I, I think that line's pretty blurred. If you're something more than human, it doesn't really matter what you are, as long as it fits the context. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's too late now to turn around and say all of Dharma was aliens who had been shipwrecked and um, were trying, you know, trying to take over the Earth. And all. I think all that's left is for it to be Jacob and the Man in Black. Yeah, if the whole island lifted up and shot off into space, then... You've totally jumped the shark on that probe. <laughs> well, that would be the end of the show anyway, I think. Well, yeah. It, <laughs> I, in my personal opinion, I found it very hard when the time travel, when Ben turned the donkey wheel and the island just disappeared. I found it very hard to grasp. And I was oh, okay, it's just the right way. And it's very hard to believe that an island can just zoop, disappear. Yeah, there was something about that that wasn't right. Like, it, it implied a three-dimensional movement as opposed to just time movement Mm -hmm. and the only way i could reconcile that was i figured it was kind of like this giant shield that had the little narrow window at 325 degrees and when you turn the wheel the shield turned also oh okay yeah it wasn't that the island disappeared it was that the window had had shifted yeah and so now you were you were not seeing it but it had the effect of like it well that that's why i assume that the island actually moved actually physically moved because you see the the ripples in the water as if someone's dropped a pebble in in a bath or something like that right and you have the boat in the middle of the island and the implication is or the suggestion is that it's moved before yeah yeah because they they need the pendulum to actually pinpoint what time and what position it is on the on the planet yeah i found it very hard from that point of view that they actually moved it but if you if it turns into a big spacecraft and ends off flying i know that would be the end of the program but also then that would be all my box sets thrown out the window (laughs) yeah I i think the theory was more implying early on that like they had been plucked from the airplane and placed on a placed on an artificial island an artificial truman show type world yeah within a a giant spaceship or monitored by aliens and all but obviously it's it's been debunked by the producers although they also debunked time travel in the same breath so yeah well there was that uh, part where um juliet was walking with sawyer through the grass and he turned around and said what are you building a, a runway for and she's turned around and said oh for the aliens and then she paused looked to him and you could tell everyone watching that was going really aliens <laughs> don't please and then she laughed it off well now there's something that was never really explained so they were building the runway we, we all assume or at least it was kind of assumed by the masses when Ajira 316 landed on the runway that yeah. it was being built for that event but uh, right. but who wanted the runway jacob wanted it are are we going to see something in this time travel where someone says you need to build this runway here in 2007 why didn't they start it until 2004 I don't know maybe I'd like to think the normal progression would be from Ben got a list from Jacob and he had take out his washing 
fix the plumbing. Oh, and build a runway. <laughs> and maybe he's done that. But it, wouldn't it be cool whether black shirt guy, smoky, whatever you want to call him, infiltrated and turned around and said, I want a runway built. And then Ben would be thinking it was from Jacob, where really it was from the other guy. And that's so he can get the body of Locke back. Hmm. If he's been going around the way we saw Jacob go back and visit people throughout time, yeah. maybe he planted the seed. Yeah, there's no reason why he can't. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a look at the next one. Next one is clones. And this is actually such a significant theory, it gets its own page on Lostpedia. And in an appropriately relevant way, that entry starts with the following statement. This theory cannot be considered debunked. When asked about the lies told about time travel, the powers that be stated the only theory they can officially debunk is that this is an all not a dream. So no prior okay. denials about clones can be considered grounds to debunk, and similarly, aliens and such. Damon and Carlton say they lie about the theories because they don't want to ruin the ending. Well, I can understand that as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So the idea with clones, you have basically the idea that these are not the original <laughs> versions of these people. There's a movie with Ewan McGregor, The Island, yep. where you know he's, he's a clone bred, I guess, basically for body parts. And he escapes the island. You know, that's where they're all told they're going to go when they're brought to the slaughterhouse to be you know, dissected for parts for the originals. Oh, cool. They're, they're promised they win a lottery ticket to the island. Right. And, uh, and so he, he escapes. Somehow he figures out he's being lied to. So it would be the same kind of, of concept. And the evidence for it is that you know, the people who were sick are healthy. Locke can walk. Rose doesn't have cancer. Jane can have a baby. Hurley's healthy. Mentally, Libby was healthy. There's that book, Bad Twin. Yep. There are uh, these kind of flashbackiness where you're kind of seeing your own past. Oh, through your other clone. Oh, that's so cool. Or, th- or through the original. They're not your memories, but they're memories. Memories of your DNA. They're st- the memories are withheld inside the DNA. So when your clone is reproduced, you still remember it. That's so yeah. cool. You have you know the idea of a good and bad people you, you know, when Yemi says that Echo's not his brother that could have been his clone they could have cloned Yemi from his dead body on the island as well mm-hmm. yep the multiple identities of, of Pierre Chang yeah oh I like this so this was debunked at one point by the producers but obviously we were told to ignore that yeah and then there's there's things that that don't fit in the sense that yes people are healthy now but Claire was still pregnant you have off-island interactions of Michael and Walt actually leaving. You have Desmond. He's not a clone of anybody because Penny doesn't have the original still there. Um, and, and most importantly, you have to groom a clone. In Star Wars, they did accelerated growth, but they still went through the progression of infant to child to adult. Yeah, they cut the time uh, completely down, didn't they? Right, but it's not like you go in your photocopier machine and come out as a copy. So... No. Those are the the flaws with it. I think it was kind of a, a red herring of sorts, perpetuated by that that bad twin book and all. But you know, a convenient thing to leave out there. But I don't think that's it. Yeah, wasn't there a um a piece? Do you remember when Walt was taken from the raft and Mister Friendly was there in his beard and he turned up on that boat, and there was two guys standing behind them, and a, a lot of talk came from them two actually being clones 
I don't know if you remember that at all. Yes, I do vaguely remember that. It, it's really, it's just a flash of people, but they look, either look very similar. It could be the lighting, mm-hmm. but they look very, very similar. And I remember seeing them, I was like, oh. After hearing all the rumours about the clones, I looked at them, I was like, okay, that's a cool idea. And it would, wouldn't it be cool just to have that very fine thread running through the whole show, but it's never really picked up on anyone. And then all of a sudden, Kablamo at the very end of the program. Oh, everyone's a clone. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be as great as a, an island lifting off and flying into space, of course. Well, the thing with clones being a big part of it is that we didn't see any Dharma clone stuff. You know, the Orchid video people sometimes point to, but we've since been told that it's not clones, it's time travel gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why you have the two bunnies, but it would be very tough to fit that in. That'd be like taking a, a hard U-turn. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't fit it in left. now. Right. Possibly. <laughs> Nothing's eliminated. Hey, this is Paul Goble, host of the Paul Goble Show, and I, like you, am rethinking Lost. Uh, next on the theory list are a couple things related to the monster, and these are pretty cut and dry. A lot of people thought the monster was a dinosaur because it had that sound and we didn't see it for so long. We had the stomping around in the in the undergrowth and the bushes being pushed over and bits right. like we, that. We've since seen it. It's clearly not. And similarly, there was that uh, giant sloth creature as part of one of the alternate reality games with DJ Dan and... What was, what was the girl's name? Rachel Burke. Rachel Burke. There were a few things that suggested that it might be one of these, like, cryptozoology kind of things, like a... Loch Ness monster, Bigfooty kind of monster, mm-hmm. specifically this giant sloth, and and one of the things that really pushed it was there was a, a supposedly leaked page from a script that made a reference to what the monster would look like before we saw it. Is that the one that ended up on eBay and sold yeah. off? Um, I'm not sure. Do you not think that they actually do that on purpose so they can leak stuff so they can send you off on a tangent? If not them, then just some fan was you know a lot of free time yeah so anyway both of those obviously aren't the case we've seen the monster it's this big cloud of stuff the dream world is next on the list this is all in someone's head we talked about this last show the St. Elsewhere kind of ending that maybe all the island's characters are aspects of somebody's personality okay from the beginning the writers have said that's not what this is even just a few minutes ago, I mentioned that that's the one theory that is definitely off the table. Yeah. I think the very fact that they spent a whole episode suggesting that takes that off the table, too. So this is absolutely debunked. This is the one. This is the one that the powers to be say, this is definitely not what it is. It will not all have been a dream. It's the only one that's definitely off the table. Good. I'm glad that they've still left some open going back to the time travel one that they turned around and said no there's definitely no time travel if in an interview if they turned around and said well there might be time travel then it'd just be an explosion of oh it's going to turn into time travel we don't like this blah 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 sometimes you have to cover up your tracks to make things surprising or good or along them lines and they have to make these statements yes definitely and now time travel gets its own section on this page of debunked theories, which we'll put the link up on our show notes. Um, so we might as well jump to that right now. Okay, okay. There's a lot of references to the fact that time travel was specifically excluded early on 
and how maybe they meant no getting the time machine Doctor Who style and time travel. So it's partially debunked instead of fully debunked because we've seen snippets of bits, haven't we? Yeah, there's a, a passage in here. It says, This controversial theory was debunked by Lindelof during the filming of season one. He said at the time there isn't any time travel. However, recent events appear to contradict that and bring into question whether the writing of the plot has been course corrected at a later date. The writers could conceivably get around no time travel in the conventional sense of the word by evoking the idea of an alternate or past universe. However, even if one accepts that traveling backward through time would actually be traveling to the past of an alternate universe, one would still be traveling to a different time and would technically be time traveling. Okay. They may not have meant time travel in the back to the future sense. In the essence of physical time traveling, they may have been more thinking of the shifting of time, like uh, your consciousness. Which is how they introduced it to us. Right. The no time travel statement was in response to the theory that Oceanic A15 traveled back in time when it crashed on the island. And at that point, in response to that specific question, none of the Losties had traveled in time. It did not mean there will never be time travel. And as you said, we have since seen, as all fans of Lost know, quite a bit of time travel. Yeah, I was... For a little while, I was under the impression that the, the plane had actually crash-landed in a, a different time. Maybe before they'd taken all their ailments on. Maybe Jin wasn't sterile. and Maybe they crashed before a time where Locke could actually walk. And so in travelling time, then, all your ailments would have been wiped off... Oh, sorry, they would have wiped the slate clean with them, and then you start again. You would pick them up in future, but at that point where the plane crashed, you didn't have them. Mm. Oh, it could still happen. It could. I, I've always kind of thought in the back of my head that we might just be seeing consciousness travel, as we had seen early on, that, that there weren't people going back in time and physically being their future selves in the wrong setting. No. But I, I think you can't make that case for the ones who went back to Dharma time because there's no explanation of them being on the island. Even though in, in my idea of what's gone by that... They were always in the island. Right. They were not on the island by means of taking the submarine or by means of um, having been recruited by Dharma. No, they flashed there, didn't they? Unlike with Desmond, where we seem to see his consciousness go into his younger self, I think this has to be a case of physically their bodies materializing on the island Mm -hmm. with no contemporary explanation. The one thing that I do have niggles with, I think I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again, so, soldier. The island, when... Faraday was doing his little bottle rocket tests. Surely, if it's in this, the island set in the same time as the boat, then there wouldn't be any leeway between the time the, the rocket should have landed where, when it, he predicted it would land. And thus, with with them actually setting a... I, I can't remember how long the, distant, uh, the time difference was, but with them setting a time difference, then you could plot the the island in a certain position any at any point you want so there could be time travel the, the plane could have crash landed in 2004 on the island the island knows that time as 2004 but the rest of the world may know that as 1974 does that make sense yes but i think we've kind of seen differences in the time distortion you know the, the doctor washing ashore he arrives before his death. Yeah. The rocket arrives like a half hour late. Yeah, that's right. So there's no consistency in that 
And I always interpreted that to mean that there was the one angle at which you could approach and exit the island that you wouldn't get some sort of distortion going on. So is is the island fluxing in and out of time periodically? I know they have to use a pendulum to find them, but does it does it change every hour? Does it change every minute? What does that mean? A picture. You ever play the game Stay Alive? Stay Alive is this game's like a checkerboard. You put five marbles, your opponent puts five marbles, you can actually have four people playing. But the checkerboard is made up of horizontal and vertical strips, like pieces of Swiss cheese. So there's, uh, it's either a solid or it has a hole. Okay. And so you position your things, and then as you go around taking turns, each person can pull or push a horizontal or vertical strip, and it, they're changing the table. So Oh, okay. There might be a hole that's temporarily covered up, and then because someone pulls a lever, you know, you pull the top sheet off, and now the hole's exposed. Yeah. So I, I picture that type of, of constant flux between where the island is and our world, so... That's cool, uh, yeah. So that... It's not physical motion so much, but time, space, all that stuff, as they come, every once in a while, there's a pinhole... And other times you just get kind of the effect of a rock under a blanket that you kind of know something is there, and that's what the pendulum is detecting. Yeah. It's detecting the holes and detecting the displacement, and it kind of can predict when there'll be the opportunity for the two to come in contact. Yeah, that sounds cool. I think the debunked part of this theory is the A15 crash being an instance of time travel. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, everything else, we've seen time travel, so it is part of the story. Yeah. And I would have a hard time holding the producers to saying, you know, there's no time travel. I, I think most of the questions early on were about what happened at the time of the crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a, a similar debunked theory has to do with, at the time of the crash, the smoke monster pushing Gary Troop into the engine. There's that famous bit of footage where it's it looks like a smoke smoke character in the shape of a superhero cape kind of comes swooping in. Yeah, I've and, seen that. And throws a character into the airplane. Very, very strangely <laughs> coincidental for it to be a production error. And it does get its own page on the Lostpedia. Now with that, I remember seeing that. You only see, let's call it the smoke monster flying around at the, the scene of the crash. Mm-hmm. The smoke monster actually dives down and as the engine explodes... It makes a, a sharp U-turn and shoots straight away back up into the air. It's very, very quick. Yeah. But you don't actually... You already see Gary Troop being sucked into the engine before that. And it's just starting to explode. You can see... If you freeze frame it and flick through the frames, you see the fire coming through the engine where he's already gone into the, the blades. Mm-hmm. So he's a goner already. And the smoke monster's not even there. So I, I can't see how... The smoke monster has pushed him in there. But there is definitely something flying around. You see it three or four times. I think even when Jack looks up and he sees the wing that falls down and explodes uh, behind Hurley and Jack and Claire, I think it is. And as he looks up, you can see the wing tipping and you see something just flash across the screen. And I think that's the same thing as well. I don't know. It's. I, I think you're right. According to Lostpedia, this has been something that's that a lot of people still resist as in my heart I I still resist it a little bit especially because you just can't trust everything you've heard 
uh, from the producers. But the producers say definitively the monster never physically appeared in the pilot. And they do talk about CG errors in some of their lost podcasts specifically referencing this. And then at the fuselage, where a lot of the lost powers that be do post, they specifically stated that the smoke monster did not cause the explosion. Gary Troop getting sucked in does. They hold that story pretty firmly. When we see the plane crash from Nikki and Paolo's point of view, you do not see the smoke monster swooping in. Mm. If there was like a a cloudy section on the screen that looked like a smoke monster kind of lurking in the background or a shadow, I could see that. This just... It so who's stuck at that? Is that a production error, or is that just the special effects guy taking the mickey, the, the way they did with the, the Dharma Shark, or or what? Because I there's a lot of YouTube videos about it. I've seen it on my DVDs at home, with the black thing swooping down. I don't think he caused the plane crash, which is what it says in this uh, thing that we're looking at on Wikipedia. I don't think the monster caused the plane crash, no. No, but on the turbine explosion page, they actually have it looping, the little shot of the shadow coming down it. Yeah. I don't know. I've never actually read the threads about it. I, I know it's a debate. I know it seems not the kind of error I would expect to see as a CG error. It's, it's just too good to be shown as a an error. It's definitely like a Superman person swooping down and then shooting straight back up. Yeah, I, I have to think it was something that they thought they might want to go that route at one point. And they're just backtracking. I don't know. But, you know, who am I to say? <laughs> See, I, I'm of the opinion that I like the idea that the smoke monster was there. That he was there from the very beginning, from when the Losties actually crashed. And I like that he was dancing around and you can see him in the background. And if you slow your video down enough, then you can actually see it. And surely, surely it's, it's not just a production error. It's too blatant to be a production error. Yeah. If you go to the bottom of the debunked theory page... They say, see also persistent rumors. And when you click on that, you see a number of other things which are not necessarily debunked, but generally have been. And a lot of them have to do with the the pilot itself. There's, again, a reference to the idea that the wisp of a smoke monster is in the pilot. There's the uh, Dharma logo on the aircraft where Walt's running towards Michael. I think that's on the fourth episode, third or fourth episode. Right, and that they've debunked to say that it's actually just a naturally occurring thing on that type of aircraft. Yeah, I can I can deal with that. And Damon and Carlton have said that the Dharma logo was not officially conceived until season two. No, that's rubbish because, I don't want to call them liars, but no, that's a lie, because Ethan had a water bottle with the Dharma logo on it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the idea that Dharma would be this shape with varying symbols on the interior. Um, maybe they hadn't decided which part would be consistent and which would be changing. Maybe, maybe, but he definitely walks around, you know, if you go camping with the scouts or something like that, then you you pull along a roller, like a, a canteen of water, but it rolls along the floor, and he's got one of them, and it's got the Dharma logo on it. I'm, I'm going to have to find that out. Now. I'm gonna have to find <laughs> it. There's a couple other really interesting persistent rumors on here. Do you remember when we see Hurley in numbers? Hurley and his accountant are sitting and they're talking about how much money Hurley's making. And Hurley's like, I don't want to make all this money. Yeah, that's uh, when the guy falls out the window. Is that right? Yep. And there's a rumor that uh, Locke is the one falling out the window. Oh, okay. Now, the things against it are that the timelines don't match up. You know, This was only a year before the plane crash and Locke was in a wheelchair for four years already at that point. Mm-hmm. Different details about the buildings don't match up. I mean, when we think of where Locke fell, 
what other things were in the area. It doesn't match the scene. No, I understand that, but I was under the impression that Hurley bought a box company, and that was the box company that John Locke was working for. Yes, but... And maybe that's why people get a little bit confused. Oh, yeah, yeah. They want that to happen as well. Oh, yeah, I think people just want that to be the connection. But yeah, it's it's not that person, but that's a, a persistent rumor that even though he's facing the wrong way, even though it's the wrong building, even though it's, it's all these things, it, people say it was Locke. Yeah. And with the pilot, too, there's a, this big ongoing rumor that the producers have said there was something major in the pilot that everyone has missed. Have you heard that referenced? I've heard it. I'm not too sure what they're actually talking about, though. What I had heard from a couple different places was that the producers have always said there's something in the pilot that nobody's picked up on and that's going to prove that all along everything was planned. Okay. And it's it's this big thing that none of the fans have ever discovered. Nobody picked up on. So Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof have explicitly called this a false rumor and I guess in the April 16th, 2007 official Lost podcast they actually gave a rundown of all the big mysteries from the pilot and when and where each of those things had been answered. And the only remaining mystery, they said, was Charlie's last line from the end of Part 2, where he says, guys, where are we? Yeah. Now, something that kind of gives us some legs is the Mobisodes. Do you remember when we saw Christian Shepard and Vincent? Yeah. That That's kind of a mystery that hasn't been addressed. But I, I'd like to think there was something that they're going to be able to point back to in the end and say, ha, it was all right here connect this dot to this dot to this dot and that was it and we could have got it all from that uh one thing yeah. and everyone's totally missed it it would be nice to have something like that and they've actually bamboozled everyone about that that'd be absolutely brilliant but i haven't seen it yet you know george lucas takes a lot of grief for star wars and not just the movies but like the story itself yeah but when you think about revenge of the sith and how that movie adheres pretty much to the original story that we were all told. You know, the original backstory that he supposedly conceived when thinking out Star Wars. And I remember being in school and, oh, there's nine episodes planned and he's got it all worked out. And you know, I, I've since seen how a lot of that was distorted and it was never really that way. But at the core of it was this idea of who Darth Vader was, how he got to be Darth Vader. And it, I, I think... He doesn't get enough credit for having the original vision of his story and being able to, to have his story arc with whatever mistakes it made along the way mm-hmm. still come back and end where he, he wanted it to. So it all joins up in the middle exactly how it should have done. Yeah, with the idea that Darth Vader becomes Darth Vader in the way that, that he had said. For this story to have something early on, for them to know six years ahead of time that it's going to go this route, uh, that's pretty tough to do. Yeah, the few instances where that kind of happens is when you're adapting already existing material or you're doing such a common theme that like we all know the ending is going to be the princess ends up with the prince and yeah and it comes a bit null and void yeah happily ever after is the predictable end result but i don't know that it would be great if there was something there but apparently it's it's a rumor that's being called false by damon and carlton could the uh, tennis shoe that runs past could that actually be the one that he put on his dad and then somewhere along the lines, we obviously see uh, uh, Christian Shepard walking around the island. Maybe he's come along and actually picked it up and put it on. And Jack, in his distress, just doesn't notice it, see it, or refer to it. Could be. I'm just trying to think what else it could actually be. Because uh, Adam and Eve weren't even in the pilot. There were three or four 
episodes down. Well, let's see. If if you're looking at the actual white tennis shoe entry in Lostpedia, it's seen in the very first scene of the show before the crash. You know, in episode 316, we learned that Jack felt you know the corpse didn't need new shoes, so instead he gave his father a pair of old white tennis shoes he had. Yeah. We do see Christian Shepherd on the island wearing those white tennis shoes. Yeah. But do we see him wearing only one? No, he's wearing two. He's definitely wearing two. But by that time, he's walked around and got a couple of stones in his socks, <laughs> a couple of thorns, and he's like, oh, hang on, let's go back and pick up my tennis shoe. The one thing that I think that sh- kind of correlates with is, you know, we have John Locke, the body, and then we have John Locke, who went with Ben to go kill Jacob. Yeah. So it's it's clearly not the original. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here we have the, the tennis shoe in the tree, and yet we have the manifestation of Jack Shepard with a pair of shoes on. So the one thing that I think we can sort of infer from there is that it's not Christian Shepard reincarnated or alive. Okay. It's it's a different Christian Shepard in the same way this is a different John Locke. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my, my little bit of duh wisdom <laughs> that everybody else picked up on. Where's Christian's body then? In a polar bear's belly. It could be. Well, no, it was on the plane. I think the sneaker says it was on the plane. It's just the body's just lost. Was it on the plane? I think it was. I think we've been through this before, haven't we? Well, I'm in the mindset now that the Christian Shepherd we've seen out and about is no more Christian Shepherd than the Locke who was with Ben is Locke. Okay. The only elements of Christian that are there are the same parts that come with copying someone, whether it's... If you get any hint of their personality, any hint of... I mean, apparently you get some memories. Apparently you get... Okay. ...mannerisms. But it's it's not Christian Shepherd any more than the Locke that took Ben to kill Jacob was Locke. Okay. Sounds good to me. Let's think of another one that we can go through. Um, let's not hit the purgatory. Let's not hit the reality TV, because we did that in the last one, didn't we? Okay. Well, explain this uh, Nikki and Paolo replace Rose and Bernard alternate timeline because I've never heard this at all part of the problem with it is it's got a short life because we've since seen Rose and Bernard but I think early on when Nikki and Paolo came in and people were trying to make sense of this the theory was that the little bit of time travel we'd had to that point did have a ripple effect and Rose and Bernard who we hadn't seen for a while weren't on the island or that Rose, she was on the plane because we actually do see her in certain flashbacks about okay. the, the crash. That she was there, but she didn't survive. And apparently Bernard didn't either. So that their characters had been replaced by Nikki and Paulo. And the support for it was kind of weak. The fact that uh, Sawyer couldn't remember him. And he was over at the ferry at the time of uh, the sky turning purple. Yeah. not People didn't seem phased by Nikki and Paula being there so they were thinking well maybe Sawyer was exempted because he was with the others and it, it was just an attempt to really rationalize their presence you know since then yeah people were scratching to actually fit them in right and and Rose and Bernard were conspicuously absent for a while you know they they didn't appear in a whole bunch of episodes but they've been like that all the way through the thing though haven't they well there was a stretch where they were there a lot when they do SOS when they, Bernard wants to make the rocks and a lot of the stuff with Claire yeah. and, and uh, Charlie and Aaron, Rose is kind of always there's, meddling. There's still three or four episodes 
where you don't even hear from yeah let alone see him now and again you, you'd pop along and you know, rose would be putting out washing on that or washing line and she'd be there you, you'd see the various characters over a certain number of episodes and you probably actually see all of them over a span of five and you wouldn't see these guys for two three yeah well, as I said, it's officially debunked now that you've seen them. And the, the script coordinator, Greg Nations, actually officially debunked it somewhere else also, I guess, in a in a thread or in an interview. There was yeah. one other thing which had kind of suggested this, which probably gave it the greatest amount of life. There were some promotional photos for Exposé when Nikki and Paolo are recreating the scene of the, the hatch door coming down out of the sky. Oh, okay. It depicted a scene where Bernard was in the scene. But in all the the promotional materials, he wasn't there, as if he'd been erased. Right. Probably in real life, he just wasn't available for those reshoots. But that's understandable. Though. You can also understand though how that you know people are trying to make sense of it, and they go, "Oh wait, we analyze everything. We analyze the handwriting and the pictures, and this is out of sorts. That's out of sorts. That's a pretty big deal to notice someone's missing from a scene." Well, yeah, people notice other people are missing, and. When you scrutinise a program like this, then you're going to notice flaws or other little bits like that. Um, the ghostly figure behind Sun in season five. Mm-hmm. Now, was that Claire or was that a production error or right. what? And it's only a TV show, and you scrutinise it too much, you're going to ruin it for everyone. Yeah. Sometimes, but there's so many little details in this that you do have to scrutinise, and that's where the post-production should be a lot more careful about these little things. Well, now, do, do you think you have to... Like, I, I catch a lot. I don't watch every episode twice intentionally. The way they show them on air here, they tend to show it, and then they'll repeat it before the next week's show. So I generally do see them twice, and if it's on reruns, yeah. I enjoy it enough, I'll, I'll watch it. I have the DVDs. But I haven't been podcasting long enough about it, and I don't think we'll even do it that way, where we watch it and then have to do a rewatch with notes and scrutinize in that way no no I'd, I'd rather just sit down and remember what we remembered and bat off each other for right. it now my wife will watch it she just watches it with the same attentiveness that uh she watches a football game or you know a kid's concert or something like that it's this is the moment i'm living the moment i notice what i notice yeah is there something extraordinary pointed out to me yeah it's a different experience for her and it, while she may miss a couple things i don't think that missing those things I don't think it ruins the experience for her that she doesn't recognize no I don't think it it should ruin it I think it if anything it should make it much better on rewatches when you actually find out about these things and then you can watch it go no there it was yeah yeah let's say someone watched every show once and once only didn't listen to podcasts do you think that their experience and appreciation for the show is significantly less yes Definitely. You need to have some knowledge of the Easter eggs to really appreciate it. I think so, yeah. Watching each episode once, you can't catch everything, you won't get everything, and that's why they they make these little alter-ego videos that that you can find out later on on the internet, Mm -hmm. and they're just solely on the internet. They're not not shown on Sky 1 or ABC or anything like that. And that's why they do it, just to build, build up the mythology of the program. So I guess I would relate it to to being a fan of a team as opposed to a sport. So let's say you, you have your favorite team. When you watch them play, you, you care more about who scores and 
this is the leading scorer for the team, and he's an all-star and, and all that. Yeah. Then you go... You overanalyze the way they play as well. Right. Now, if you were to go and watch a neutral game between two teams that, same sport, but you have no particular interest in, you can appreciate the experience, and you hope it's a close game, and, and you hope you see exciting shots and such, but you you react to it and you analyze it differently. You know, you don't care <laughs> who scores the goal. You more care about the drama that goes with it. And I would think yeah. for, for people like my wife when they watch this show, it's the scene itself. It's not the subtleties of the scene. Yeah, she wants to be entertained by the program. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's cool. And that's probably a, a big part of the reason why kind of like the lost audience has kind of stabilized where it is, whatever the number is now. You have the diehard watchers who are scrutinizing that way, and and you have casual watchers, and I don't think you're going to get a lot more casual watchers at this point, because it, it's become much more about tying up loose ends and, and filling in the details, and, and I would think the season four and season five episodes probably aren't the same style of entertainment. No, they're more hardcore. The, the first two, three ep- uh, seasons, you could sort of dip in and out. You, you wouldn't know what's going on, but you could dip in and out and relate to certain characters. But season four, season five would have just blown your socks off and you wouldn't know where you Yeah, are. they're much more targeted. Not only are they more serial and kind of, you know, picking up from where you left off episode to episode, but it's a chapter of a book as opposed to a short story where the first first season had more of a short story kind of feel, especially with the flashbacks that yeah. each each show we were learning about a different character, almost completely independent of what had happened before. Yeah, but I, I like the way they've done it because it does leave it just for the hardcore people and the people that haven't really stuck with it, they can just forget it and they're like, oh, I, I can't be bothered. Either you can be bothered to get into it or you can't be bothered to get into it. Where they're writing it so hardcore with all the time travel and all the mythology that you have to pick up on. It's just saying, you guys, if you stuck with it, here it is on a plate. You know, they sprinkle it all over us and we're like, whoa. Season five, how many things did they throw at us? And yet, everyone wanted more and more, didn't they? Oh, yeah. And there are some people who got more and then were like, oh, they're throwing too many answers at us. But that's what the casual person wants, but they still won't pick up on it. But now, do you like that that's what television seems to be evolving into like flash forward fringe if you don't jump on a show within the heroes if you don't jump in in the first season to season and a half you've missed the boat um well you can always get the dvds on it can't you so there's no problem there and that's where they make a lot of their money yeah but growing up you could sit and watch tv your parents could come home maybe they work or they're at they have other commitments normally so they don't normally get to watch tv with you on a here they are on a wednesday night they could sit down and watch an episode of a show and yeah have an introduction and, and it's fifty fifty they're gonna like it, not like it, but it's all about do they like the show? It's not about can they get the show? And that's what it's turning into now. Like if yeah. if you you go over to your neighbor's house and or someone's telling you, Oh, you've been watching the show, it's a great show you can't just give it a shot. You have to go and invest in the backstory. Yeah, you couldn't just pop over See, I I'd imagine there'll be a lot of um lost season finale fighter parties when this rolls around mm-hmm. not in my village at all but across you know maybe the globe there'll be parties of people who've stuck with it and then there'll be the person who hasn't stuck with it and they'll turn up and go what's this what's that what's this what's that all the way through it and 
totally ruin it, and then they'll get beaten up. Well, like, uh, for example, we, Hell's Kitchen is... Uh, I, I know you have your version in the UK. Here we have it's 16 ordinary wannabe chefs, some some with experience, some not. So we first encountered the show in the middle of a season, watched it all the way through to the conclusion. And it's definitely a kind of show, Hell's Kitchen, that enough happens in an episode that if you only see one, you get a, an idea of what the show's like. He yells at them, they make mistakes, somebody gets voted off. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you might choose to stick with it on a week-to-week basis or even casually just to see who wins at the very end. Yeah, I would like to see television as a whole not go beyond that. I'm not saying I want reality television, but if it gets to the point where you can't watch episode 6 without having seen episode 5 and 4 and 3 and 2, then that gets to be too much of a commitment. Yeah, I don't want all of TV to turn like that, but it's nice to have the odd one like you know, like this and maybe um, Flash Forward might turn like that. I, I do like the ones where you like Lost, if you haven't seen episode 7 then you won't get episode 14 I like that because it keeps you on your toes a little bit and, and it's also a nice little throwback to something that you might not consciously remember but when you see it like ah right okay that makes sense and I like that the way that they do that well that's one nice thing about Fringe Fringe is definitely going somewhere there's an overall mythology but you can you could watch an episode but you don't feel lost and it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy you're not unsatisfied. They've done yeah. a nice job of, of keeping that going somewhere, but yeah. So the uh, yeah, Nikki and Bernard and Paolo and Rose story is totally off the bat. Then yeah, it's it's been debunked because we've seen Rose and Bernard living happily in their little shack in Dharma days. Number four, Tree Lane, <laughs> <laughs> and you know it would be a number oh, yeah. as well. So the list is pretty good. There's uh, a number of ones we didn't get into about. Purgatory and there's nanotechnology. Zombies. Zombies. Um, no, they won't be zombies. No. And you know what? Zombies were not hip when this all started, and now they're almost like too hip. It would be wrong if they brought zombies in now. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be wrong yeah. if they brought zombies in all the time, but where it was kind of like a, a funny bit to hint at it in 2005, 2006, now it's like. Would they be the, the slow zombies or the fast zombies if they did bring them in? I would think they'd be the slow zombies. Although now, I, if you're going to go zombies, why not go vampire? Get that uh, 18 to 35 demographic back. Oh, uh, sparkly people walking around the island? I don't think so. <laughs> I hope not. Well, there, there's lots more to look at on this page, aren't there? Oh, yeah. there's Like you said, some of these things get their own pages, and each page is full of a dozen links. The nice thing about Lostpedia is it's pretty insistent on uh, source material. No, it has to be sought out and it's going to be sought out by diehard Lost yes. fans as well. So, aside from the fact that it, it lacks an entry for Rethinking Lost on the Lost podcast page, it's pretty complete. I have, have yeah, no problem with it. to do that. <laughs> be more than grateful. But anyway, so this is episode 16. If you're listening to us through the Lost Podcasting Network, you may have missed episode 15, Please be sure to go back and uh, dig it up. You can find it at rethinkinglost.podbean.com or if you subscribe to our feed directly. We've had some requests to take a look back at the Blastor map. Yeah, the Blastor map. We'll have a look at that. And we've also got a very, very long email that I'd like to go through as well. 
Alright, yes, yeah, so we've got a couple things that we'll put on tap for the future. If you guys have yeah. any other ideas, uh, definitely email them to us at rethinkinglost at gmail.com. You can leave us comments on the actual show webpage, or you can hit us up on Twitter at Elton McManus or SHC1970, either one of us. Yep, we're always indoors, waiting for them to come through. And if you're interested, we also do another podcast called An Apotheosis of a Bombast, where we just kind of talk about crazy websites, weird news, general ongoings uh, in the world and our lives. So... We try to keep this all Lost-centric. If you're looking for the other kind of stuff, that's where you'll find it. And that's at bombastpodcast.podbean.com. Thank you to Paul Goebel for sending us that promo for the Paul Goebel Show. You may know Paul as the King of TV, or possibly as the TV Geek from the old game show Beat the Geeks. Uh, Paul has a podcast and a website. His podcast is The Paul Goebel Show. You can find it on iTunes or through his website, thekingoftv.com it's about being a stand-up comedian and working in the entertainment industry out in california it's a good listen it's a lot of fun but if you guys have your own shows or material you want to kind of promote please do send us a promo we'll be happy to take a listen see if we can fit it in excellent i don't think there's anything left to say is there (laughs) except thanks for listening yeah (laughs) and goodbye all right goodbye